Hey, welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about ServiceNow. We will be talking strategy, architecture, uh, technology, uh, just everything ServiceNow. We are not affiliated with ServiceNow. The opinions expressed are our own. We are just a couple of uh, people that are very passionate about the platform. So hope you'll join us for every episode. And without further ado, here we go. This is Jason Gibson. I'm here um, with uh, the next episode of Service Sharp. Uh, we're going to be talking about problem uh, in reference to things like uh, problem versus request, problem versus incident, you know, things to that effect. Um, on the call with me, I've got uh, Brent Peters, uh, as you know him, the guru, and uh, Randy Haas, uh, our fearless leader. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, I would love to hear uh, from you. So uh, it will be, uh, you can send us any messages. You can go to LinkedIn, connect with us, send us information. We'd love to hear from you. If you have topics or something you'd like to talk about, uh, it would be really, really beneficial to us to keep up with uh, what you're concerned about. So please reach out to us. Um, let us know what you want to talk about, and we will um, to uh, we'll do a podcast to kind of you know help you out. Uh, Brent, uh, if you would uh, reintroduce you yourself to everybody and Randy as well. Hello, I'm Brent. Um, I've been. Working in the service management software for 15, 16 years now. Implemented several processes. One of my fun ones I've done recently is problem management. So that will be fun to talk about. Ooh, fresh on the mind. <laughs> Love it. Randy? Uh, yeah, Randy Haas. And uh, just here for the fun. <laughs> You know, you, you, you like uh, you like torture, right? <laughs> Something like that. All right. So, so what is problem yeah, in service so, now? Brent, I'll let you. I'll let you start with with that. What is what is problem? Problem management is the process of finding the root cause of an issue. Uh, it is not going to be like quick fixes or trying to find a workaround or a quick fix like incident management. It is the, let's find the underlying problem of the issue and try to fix it. So it's just a separate process of incident management, uh, separate than incident management. Uh, it just kind of works through incident management and change management to get the root cause and fix it permanently. Try to be a little proactive and not everything be reactive yeah so what i see a lot and this is consistent with every almost every organization that we've come into we come in and we go to their incidents and we pull up incidents we say okay what how many incidents are over 90 days and you look and it's and, and they've got hundreds of them that are over 90 days you've got some that are six months old and you say and, and you're asked well how are these still incidents you know, your SLA is breached like a long time. Well, we didn't fix it. Well, that, 
Okay, so that's the definition of a problem. And so getting people to think past it's an incident and think past that into, okay, this isn't, we've given them a workaround because that's an important part, right? The problem is you have to have have a workaround or some, a temporary workaround. And try, yes. Or it could be, it could be deal with it for the next six months. I mean, it could be. (laughs) Right, right. So usually problems would be, um, let's see the easiest way. So, uh, you can be reactive or you can be proactive. Most people, if they do problem management, they're going to do reactive. There aren't a lot of organizations that do a lot of pro, uh, proactive or even reactive problem management. This is one of those uh, processes that a lot of companies don't see a benefit from because they don't do it correctly. But um, problem management is going to be, um, well, let's say you, you're driving a car, you get a flat tire, you fix it. Now you just do a, a quick fix. That's an incident. You get a second broken uh, flat tire, you fix it again, but now you need to figure out what's going on. Why am I keep getting flat tires? Is it a nail? Is it how I'm driving? Do I keep hitting a curb? What? So that is part of the problem management. You're sitting there trying to figure out what the root cause of why you keep getting flat tires, that kind of stuff. So, um, it's just kind of an extension of your incident management, trying to figure out why you keep having these issues. And in, in the long run, it helps you not have so many incidents. Right. Yes. Um, you're going to, your incidents are going to be up, uh, opened a lot longer because they're related to a problem. But most of the time, like you said, you're going to want to try to come up with a quick workaround and then focus on your issue and that kind of stuff. So you, you identify, hey, this is a potential problem. Uh, you log it as a problem. You categorize it and you, prior, you prioritize it. You then assign it to someone to do the root cause analysis. But you also uh, try to do a workaround. In ServiceNow, that's pretty easy because you just take the list of incidents that you have that pretty much seem the same. You relate them to that problem. Now all your incidents can be like set to a pending state, pending problem. And then so whenever somebody looks at their incident, they're, oh, it's pending this problem. So they know that somebody's going and looking at it. Uh, if, if you're in problem management and service now and you say, hey, we have a workaround, you put it into the workaround field, you, you save it, and uh, it automatically updates all the incidents that are related with the workaround. So now the technicians that are assigned to those incidents know, hey, there's a workaround. I can go share this with my customers. Um, then once the root cause is found and they have an issue or a resolved a resolution for it, um, if the resolution requires change management, you just go ahead and open a change through the problem. So you can go through the change management process, implement your resolution, verify everything goes there. Some places do a uh, follow-up to make sure that it is working. And then you do a, um, uh, I don't know, how can we ca- keep things from this happening in the future? And then you close out the problem and go from there. But it's a process that a lot of places don't really do because they don't. They think they don't have time to do it. Well, they don't. And, and I've how many times have you heard? Well, we're just not mature enough yet. Well, I, I hear that, but even though 
this last place I put it in, they're not mature when it comes to incident management and problem management, but they have been able to use problem management to solve issues that they've had for the last five or six years and go, oh, well, here's the issue. Uh, we have a, I, I've, I don't know off the top of my head, but like we have this network piece of network equipment that's been there for 10 years and had never had its firmware upgraded. Let's fix it and go. I mean, that kind of stuff. But they found benefit once they got a problem manager that cared and started getting people to start doing it. So, well, that, And that's part of the important part, right? We, we need to stress to people that you need to build a team of ServiceNow people that can handle different parts of it because you can take somebody, and it doesn't have to be necessarily – a full-time problem manager. No, 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 it doesn't. But having a, well, key to any kind of process is having a process owner that understands it and is willing to go out and educate other people and get people to use it correctly and right. not abuse it. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But the problem management process owner and the incident management process owner kind of have to work in it together. So, because you, most of your problems are going to come from an incident because most people are reactive and not proactive. No, so it doesn't mean you're not going to have a problem that is, is, is proactive. Right. Right. Things like, you know, ITOM and you're identifying, you know, issues you're doing SecOps that are identifying vulnerabilities and things to that effect. Right. Yep. We do some proactive ones. Yes. But most people have reactive because they're more, more IT departments are reactive IT instead of proactive. Um, but it's getting, if you start doing these processes, then people start looking into it and going, well, you know, this could be a problem in the future. So let's look at it now and try to figure out. So they'll be more proactive um, as they go along. But, Starting out, a lot of people are just reactive, um, but you got to focus and uh, you got to put time into it or it's not going to work. But, you know, it, it's one of those things. OK, if you fi figure out the underlying root cause and fix it, then you're going to have a lot more time because you're not rushing around trying to fix these incidents that come in every day or every week. Right. So it's kind well, of the classic problem of of. Um, you know, not having enough resources because you don't um, you don't use the resources efficiently, but yep. not getting the efficiency because you're not using the resources <laughs> right. efficiently. So it's like, you know, at some point you have to put a pause on things and say, okay, we're going to stop fixing the same thing over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many places I've con consulted at where I found um, instructions that say, uh, you know, every Thursday reboot this server or else everything will crash on Friday. Right. <laughs> and why yeah. are we still doing that? Why, yeah. why, why do we have that um, failure point in our, in our environment? And it's because mm -hmm. it was a quick fix. And it, I like the, um, I like the illustration that you gave as far as the, the flat tire, because, you know, something that, uh, Unfortunately, here in Oklahoma, you sometimes see is people driving around on the donut for a week. <laughs> a week. I've yeah. seen longer than that, but yeah, yes. I've seen longer than that, too. I was trying to be generous, but... Um, and, Randy, I, and Randy and Just, or Randy Brent, listen, I, it has not been missed on me that that was a dig at my driving. 
Oh no! <laughs> no, it just came up to my mind. That that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, the flat tire is just one I've used before. It's just you know, if you keep having the same issue day in and day out, what's causing it? Is it? I mean, it could be that your problem is your end user. There's not enough education to the end user. Right. So that would be your resolution is that you need to educate your end users better. Which and is often 50 cent fix for a problem that you're spending $5 every time you fix it. Right. You know, right. And you might, might have to spend more time up front trying to figure out what the resolution is, mm-hmm. but it just helps in the long run to fix those. Now there are problems that we've ran into in other places uh, that never had an, uh, a resolution. So those you just kind of have to, well, here's the workaround and we're still working on it. And those problems just kind of stay open until you can fix them. But yeah. that's very few in between. Uh, a lot of times you have to depend on vendors for that, those long term ones there's a there's actually a, a saying that i really like um and and it and it is true and important and we need to really listen to that to, to the lesson that's in it and it's do more of the important less of the urgent you know when you're fixing the problem it is the important stuff now when you're putting out the fires that's urgent but we need to to day in and day out do more of the important things and we'll have less and less of the urgent things well and i you know i think that's uh, absolutely right and you're never going to mature as an organization until you make that step to start capturing problems and understanding those and, and getting those to go away i mean there's a there's an absolute limit to how much you can improve your first call resolutions and how much you can improve your SLAs and how much you can improve your runtime um, if you're not proactively solving problems and making the foundation better and better as you go along. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, and that's why I brought up the other thing about running around with a donut on there is because the other side of the problem is not necessarily that it's recurring over and over, but that you've duct taped the solution together and you just leave that duct tape in place for years. Yes. Uh, yep. You know, and, and like rebooting a server every Thursday so that it doesn't right. crash on Friday. Exactly. That yeah. is a form of being proactive, but it's not proactive. No, that is duct tape on the solution, on a, right. a problem. And, and when yeah. you have it as a problem, like you said, when you have those that don't, uh, you know, maybe we don't have the resolution for them. We can't solve them this year. When you have them and you're still actively managing them as a problem, at the very least, you're reviewing it and going, okay, we've had this reboot this server every Thursday for the last six months. Does anybody have any better, you know, can we revisit this and spend a little bit of time thinking about is this the best way to do it rather than it just being forgotten and you have people that move on say that, that, say that was uh, stuck to a sticky note on somebody's monitor rather than being in an actual manual or documentation yep. and that person retires or something else happens to them. And all of a sudden you start having failures every week. And then you spend $10,000 troubleshooting the failure because everybody forgot that they were duct taping the solution. Yep. Yeah. And, and I get question a lot and, and Brent, you're probably going to be the best person to answer this, but <laughs> You know, they, this question I get is, why should I even use problem? Why can't I just leave everything an incident and do the same thing? Um, you can, I guess. I mean, 
but still you're going to be doing the problem management process. You're just going to be doing it within a ticket that, you know, is messier to document that stuff. The nice thing about problem management within ServiceNow is that now you can take a bunch of incidents, if you have a bunch, and relate them to one problem where you can now document uh, that one problem ticket of what all you're doing and it updates all the customers and everything through the other incidents. The problem management also usually has a workflow that's standard. So you would identify, you would assign, you would prioritize, you could categorize it if you needed to identify what the problem is. There's a process there that is followed every single time, no matter what it is from hardware to software, it should always follow that same kind of methodology that it goes through the problem management workflow kind of thing. In theory, yes, you could do a problem management workflow process workflow within an incident and you don't update the incident and it would update all the children, but that's not the, correct place to do that yeah it's messy and you've got i mean if you're wanting to run incident management correctly yes you can your management and problem management in the same application it's right and I think the, you know i think the key here is that it's inefficient to do it through an right. incident you know it is it also makes reporting to your uh executives a lot more um problematic well, because I have 72 uh, major incidents that are now seven months old. Right. And how do you report that? Because if you don't do it through problem management where everybody has to do the same documentation the same way every time and you're doing an incident and Joe Blow goes in there and says, okay, in my work notes, uh, this is, I'm working at this as a problem and here's what I did. Well, you're not going to be able to report on that very much, where in problem management, everybody does it the exact same way because it, the system requires you to. It's easier to report that. You can go, okay, we have 62 problems in the last month. Uh, 12 of them are still open and everything else was closed and go from there. And you, when you I think it's a difference the problem, between it, having... It closes the incidents, correct? It can, Yes. Um, that, that, that's a, a, a setup that you might de determine you don't want to do. Uh, you want it to notify the analysts and let the analyst update the customer. Here's what we're going to do. It's being fixed. Let us know if you have any issues. I'm going to go ahead and close it because, you know, customer, uh, talking to the customers and updating them is also, I mean, customer service is what we should be focusing on to begin with. And that's the whole point of problem management, incident management. But, you still need to communicate to them. You can still let the system communicate, but you know, it depends on the environment because some customers don't read emails. So it depends on your, where you want to go, but yes, it, it can automatically close all related incidents with any notes and that kind of stuff. But uh, where I've implemented it before, they've always wanted to manually right. let so the, technicians do that we're going to take a quick break um and uh pay the bills so uh listen to our sponsor and uh so after that uh we'll continue to talk about uh problem all right we're back uh this is jason brent and randy and we're talking about problem management um we have talked about a couple of different scenarios um and i actually have a couple more i wanted to run by brent so 
Uh, the other one I get a lot is when do I turn an incident into a problem? When do I identify how and when and how do I identify that that's a problem versus an incident? Um, that, that can vary depending on, you know, how you want to do problem management. Um, you could do it where, you know, you, you set a, a, a line that if 20 incidents, I'm just ballparking here, but if 20 incidents get opened about the exact same thing or the same CI, then open a problem. Um, or, you know, service desk thing. So, okay, we think we have something coming up all, that looks like it's the same thing. They can talk to the problem manager and say, what do you want? What do you think? And the problem manager could promote that as a problem. Um, but not everything has to come from the incident. It could be that, you know, the the technician or the application analyst says something, uh, hey, this could be a potential problem. Let's investigate it. So it's any time that you think, hey, we need to sit down and find out what our root cause is or find a solution for something that we think is going to be a big issue in the future. So there's so no no step rule. But like the analyst, so you've got the um, – this, this has been happening. This has happened four times. In the last uh, in the last month, you know, I've been it, doing a workaround. Do I want? I, and then I promote it to a problem. It it kind of yes, it could be that it's it's kind of how the business uh, that you're working with wants to run the problem management. But most of the time, it could be almost anybody that says, "Hey, this is." could be a problem. It could be uh, the service desk up to uh, an architect. Um, it could be anybody in between. It could be executive management going, hey, I'm getting a lot of calls from uh, the finance department saying, hey, our system keeps going down every Thursday. What's going on? That kind of stuff. So it could just be anybody that wants to promote something a problem. But that's where the problem manager comes in and they talk through it with somebody and goes, yep, that's a problem. No, that's really not a problem. That's just education or whatever. So problem manager usually is the one that makes the final um, say of, you know, yes, this is a problem or not. It's the same as like a major incident. Who calls a major incident? It could, I mean, in some organizations, it could be the help desk that does it. In some organizations where they're more mature, it's an incident manager that does it. So it depends on how you kind of want to do it. But there's no real set standard. It's usually when someone in IT or someone in the organization says, this is becoming a problem. We need to find the real solution for it. Well, and, and part of it is also age, right? So if you start seeing an aging incident, you need to look immediately for that to be a problem. Well, yeah. And the problem there could be that people just aren't working their cues. So <laughs> that that could be a, an issue. But yeah, that's when you need to start looking at that kind of stuff is, hey, we've got 600 tickets out here that are six years old. What are you doing? Um, that kind of stuff. Now, it could be that you look at that and you go, hey, wait, these incidents are really just requests that people have opened as incidents because they want something done in their system it's not a break fix so there's your solution for that is transfer them to a request right well and, and it, yeah that's so a different if, conversation if you haven't listened to our other podcast <laughs> yeah request go listen to it it's very very enlightening um so yeah so exactly or it could be that the the aging incidents are being that are problems and they need to be moved now 
does the problem manager have a responsibility to look at the aging incidents and try and make some of those determinations? Or is it on leadership to do some of that? Or is it on everybody? It should be on everybody. In some organizations, it's the incident manager that would go and review those because they should be looking at them and going, hey, we have 16 of the same ones that are now like three months old. Should that be a problem? That kind of stuff. And that's where I was talking earlier, where the incident manager and the problem manager need to try to work together to come up with these kind of things. Uh, But that's if you're having mature incident management too. But if you don't, then it would be, you would think the managers would know what's going on, or you would think somebody would be reviewing that stuff. If they're not, then you probably need to have somebody start doing that in your organization organization so they can look at it. Don't ever say to me, I'm not mature enough to do the right thing. Uh, that's maturity crazy people say that stuff all the yes. time our, our organization is not mature enough to do it the right way listen i'm sorry i don't care what your organization looks like if you're running incident management and you're running problem management and you're running change management do it right and don't give the excuses you're not mature enough well decisions, get your leaders on board and get moving forward Right. And there's certain levels of incident management, problem management, change management, whatever management you want. There's certain levels. You don't have to say, okay, we're going to do change management or problem management. And we're going to do it where you have to follow every single step and fill out every single field on a form. And you're always going to have to have a KB whenever you get it done. And you're going to always have a workaround and all this It could be that, you know, okay, we're going to do problem management. And if you happen to have a workaround, tell them, but you need to focus on a resolution and that kind of stuff. So it might not be what's coined as mature, but you have a process, follow the process as best you can. And then you can also, as you get better at it, you'll start doing more of the process and think, okay, we need to start logging this and that kind of stuff. Um, Back into what you keep bringing up a lot and I, and I love it is that continual improvement. Oh yeah. CSI is always a good thing to do. We're not ever going to be there. If we don't do the continual improvement, then we're going to fall further and further behind. By doing the the continual improvement, we're actually just trying to stay up. The reality is our systems will always need to be moved forward. Well, stagnate. Yeah. Reality in IT is IT likes to push change onto people, but they don't like change themselves (laughs) in processes and making them do their job or document their job because they always think somebody's going to do something. So what I have found in the past and where I've been working in places is make them do a little bit and then add a little bit more and a little bit more. One place I worked, it was hard to get anybody to lock any kind of change management stuff because one thing, Oh, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, yeah, you do. But, um, it's a, it's a system policy. You have to do it or you're going to get fired. The other thing is uh, we made it simple. So, you know, we just want to know when you're doing the change. We want to know uh, what you're doing on the, the CI, that kind of stuff. So just put minimal things in there. And then a few years later, we asked them to start adding more stuff. And then we said, do risk a questions now i mean that change management process is still going and we have everybody putting in changes uh we have a few rogue people but they're 
they're always in trouble for it. But still, the majority of the people are doing it and they're getting it in there correctly and they're not complaining about it. But they see the part behind that, though, I think, is in that organization, I believe you had support from your leadership that made a policy that got the policy approved that held. Yes. uh, Any process that you're going to implement, it doesn't matter if it's problem, incident, whatever. I know we're kind of getting off of what problem was. You have to have executive and management and all that approval and support. Or it's not going to work. And problems if, are different, though. If well, you want people to yep. do what to create problems, you need to enforce the, the the review of old stagnated incidents. Yep. And force people to do the things that they're supposed to do. I hate to say it, but we as human beings often take the easy way, just because <laughs> the easy way. Now, as I say all the time, and people don't like to hear me, just do your job. And part of your job is this. <laughs> and if you don't know what your job, I'll tell you what your job is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not my fault you didn't read the document you were sent. <laughs> but still, yeah. No. I mean, we're all all the um, employees are adults and should know just do their job and document when they're supposed to. That's my my. Uh, theory at least but not everybody follows that with me <laughs> well i am i am with you on to, it, you know it being a management yes management issue it's if you're yeah. gonna have um if you're gonna have policies then make sure that there's follow-through right if there's no follow-through then do some problem management on your policies and figure out is it because we have bad policies or we're just really bad at enforcing them or we have people that need to go Mm-hmm. That's where you make people accountable. So that's why management needs to be behind all of it too. And and being a leader and doing those yourself, you know, yep. and letting them see you're doing it and that your leadership is doing it. So the team leads are doing it. The managers are doing it. The directors are doing it. Everybody's doing it if they, if they have the opportunity to, um, and they're watching it. So there needs to be reports made for problem management so that we know what's going on with them and they need leadership needs to be concerned about it and, and show that they're a part of the process. Uh, and that makes things a lot, um, a lot easier to deal with even on like the team lead side, because you can go, Hey, um, Bill, he, you know, he, he's going to be looking at this report. I need you to get that in. Yep. Yeah. The CIO is going to see this every Thursday or every Monday, right. whatever. Um, that also goes back to uh, with problem management or any management process, you need to have regular audits to see if people are really doing it. Um, and you also need to have independent people involved in those audits because the problem manager might look at it and go, yeah, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. The independent person might come in and go, well, you're forgetting about this part that you were supposed to be doing. Oh yeah. Okay. So auditing CSI, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be a parrot here and I'm going to basically repeat what I've said about a dozen times. (laughs) if you're if you're not running if you're running service now, understand ITIL and understand the process behind them and why you're doing those things as well. So you need to have an organization that at least understands the basic premises of ITIL. Right, um, Mike. My- 
current place I'm working, um, everybody in IT had to get ITIL foundations. And once people that were complaining about doing anything got the ITIL foundations and understood why we were doing this stuff, was like, oh, it makes sense now. Okay, I'll do it. I, I can, yeah, I can justify why we're doing this, and it's, it's great. Yeah, and it's, and it's money well spent as an organization. Now, that's if you're going to ITEL, but uh, you know, ServiceNow is based on ITEL, so if you have it, most likely you're going to be using it. So, I would think educating people would be good. If you're using ServiceNow, your employees need to, 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 to look, at least be familiar with ITIL and your management needs to at least go through the ITIL V4. Yep. yep. It's kind of like the difference between putting a puzzle together with a picture or without. You can still do it, but it's going to take a lot longer and you're not going to get as much fun out of it. Oh, yeah. no. You turn the puzzle pieces upside down so they're all gray and then put them together. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. Now, if you're a savant, I love you, but no, not me. <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not. So, I have to. Have <laughs> right, none, none of us at this table can put a puzzle together without the picture. I'm. Just oh saying. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it is it is truly amazing, though, that that we. We talk about incident management, problem management, change management. We talk about security. We and and we'll do a future episode on security, incident, and vulnerability response. That's a that's a really important piece as well that we haven't really talked about. We talk about each of these pieces, and they and they and and they work together in such a way that everything is exponential. So when you're you're doing incident management and not problem management, when you do problem management, it, it exponentially helps your organization then you add change management it exponentially helps your organization mm -hmm. change management and problem management and incident management work together and then you go into things like security incident and vulnerability response again they work with problem management and change management and all these other things things are working together to have an exponential benefit to your organization and if you're not doing that if you're not looking at it in that way if you're looking at just the dollars and cents of one little thing you're not doing justice to your organization you really need to to change that up a little bit right yep yeah, I mean, it's definitely running ServiceNow and getting the maximum value out of it is definitely a big picture thing rather than a little picture. Um, okay. Idea. Well, all that said, though, I wouldn't try to implement everything all at once, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to kill your IT department <laughs> and your customers. You want to do it in phases. Yeah, you do it in phases and say, okay, you know, the temporary, we're going to put incident management and temporarily we'll try to do some problem management outside of that, but we're not going to put in problem yet. Do incident, get everybody comfortable with it, then go to problem management and go on. But yeah, don't try to implement everything at once. That's, that's no. going to kill no. if you. If you are trying to implement everything at once, I know a great company that can help you. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that is the other thing. If, if you're looking at implementing, you know, start with incident change problem the, and request portal. Those are the first ones, but don't try and do this alone. This is not a journey to. Oh take. no. Yeah. You need to get help. And there are organizations like Sharpstone, 
that really do a great job helping these organizations put things together and move forward. Yep. And they'll help when we help direct people that, you know, kind of where to go and how to do it and that kind of stuff. So it's always nice to have someone that's done it before help you do it. Um, even if you've done it in other systems, ServiceNow is a little bit different. So, you know, yeah, yeah. putting it in, I've implemented several service management tools and they're different every single time, but I'll tell you, I, I mean, I'll, I'll fan out here. ServiceNow is one of the best or is the best one I've ever used. And it's so much easier once you start getting into it. And don't, so. and don't think you can, you can, <laughs> here's the other thing. ServiceNow changes every day. It is yes. when you talk about continual improvement. Service now is a master at continuously pushing out improvements, day in and day out. They are working hard to get things better and faster and and work more efficiently for you. But in doing so, in order to be able to stay up with those things, you need to go with an organization that has the time to put their people through the paces to learn all the new stuff. So you, you need to make sure that they are familiar with all those pieces and go with an organization that uh, trains their employees. Now, if you go try and talk to somebody and say, well, I, I implemented Aspen once, probably not a good way to go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. It's, it, it is a different product today than it was when I started. Um, in Eureka. So, yeah. and then I'm, and it's a different product than Brent started before Aspen. So, you know, it's one of those things that it has changed so much. And if you are an admin or you are a developer, you need to spend time learning every day. I set aside two hours a day every morning for research and development in myself. You've got to do that. You can't rely on anything else. You've got to push that forward. Things like uh, I had a, a meeting with a, cust a client the other day and I said to him, I'm like, okay, so uh, here's what we need to do. I need you guys to read the release notes with me. So I said, I've read the release notes for New York. I've read every, all 800 pages of it. I need you guys to, 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 to brush up on those because I'm working with some, some, uh, some other people in the organization that want to do some stuff. So they come back and they, well, that's just too much. I, I, we can't read that. I'm like, well, what do you mean? We just don't have time. Well, if you don't have time, then you don't need to work in the system to do implementations. You've got to learn, you've got to read the, the, the deals, you've got to, you have to understand any problems that come with it, any workarounds that need to happen. So dedicate that time, set the time aside, work late in hours if you have to, but make sure you're keeping up or you will fall behind and you won't be able to catch up. Yep. So that was a rant, sorry. <laughs> I don't know about rant. That was a, <laughs> a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. That was my public service announcement for the day. Uh, <laughs> I would that when you find a partner, find one that's, you know, very patient and willing to, to train the, along with just doing the work, but also to train your, your team. Right. And one that's willing to learn with you. I mean, learn new stuff to help you get along too. Right. I mean, they, they know what they're doing, but they also are willing to go learn more, 
more new things to help you work out of the box or help you with what you need also. And if you have an older instance, you need somebody who understands how to do an upgrade. And I'm, and I hate to say this and I'm going to say it and I'm sure people are going to love it, but most people do not know how to do an upgrade. They do not know that they have to review the skipped items. They don't even know that there are different kinds of skipped items. There's the skipped items that are the skipped upgrade items. Mm-hmm. That basically means you're not going to get extra, the, the functionality of the upgrade of that specifically. And then the skipped items that are on top of that. Um, last upgrade I did was a fairly new instance and it had 1,100 skipped items. Um, and 200 of them were skipped upgrade items. Yep. So you have to go code level and review all those to make sure that you get all the added functionality that comes with everything. Now, if you're new and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, that sounds like a lot for an upgrade. It, it is a lot for a service now upgrade, yeah. but most of my service now upgrades that I've done, um, they usually get done within 30 days. So, you know, upgrade your dev system, make sure it's all working, test it in your test system and then put it to prod um, along with UAT and all that stuff. But usually that can take 30 days. You could probably do it even quicker, but you know, the last system that I was working in before ServiceNow, it took six months to do a single upgrade because you had to go through every single file. ServiceNow at least tells you, hey, you might want to look at this file. There's something (laughs) different. You changed it. Now we're changing it. You might want our functionality, that kind of stuff. So it makes it a lot easier. 1,100 is a lot of skipped items. But that means they made a lot of implementation change or changes when they did the implementation or something. But it is something to go through. But you can do it pretty fairly easy. So it's not overwhelming. And, and honestly, that's nothing. No, we we got um, a team that really does a great job with doing uh, these kind of upgrades. And we've pushed through upgrades like that in a matter of weeks, um, depending on what, what wants to be rolled back and things to that effect. But I will yep. tell you, I've had some uh, some that have had six and 8,000 skipped items. And yep you know, skipped upgrade items in the, in the thousands because they're running an old instance that they heavily customized everything. And it's taken longer because what we try and do in that kind of instance, we rolled back, you know, a thousand skipped upgrade items backed out of the box. And when you do that, it's going to make things, it's going to break things. And so what you have to do is roll them back, see what the, see, you know, where the, the, if you want to keep it or if you don't want to keep it and adjust accordingly. And so that's kind of the, the philosophy is try and get back out of box, try and get back out of box. Yeah. That's, that's why I try to push, stay as close to out of the box as possible, adding your own fields and not modifying somebody else or the out of the box stuff is kind of all right. Sometimes try not to modify the out of the box scripts if you can, that kind of stuff. But sometimes you have to do it to fit a process, mm-hmm. but you can't fix the tool. Can't fix a broken process, but you can make the tool work with your process. That's one thing, but try to stay as close to out of the box because it makes upgrades easier. It makes you stay a lot more closer to ITEL because that's what they have out of the box kind of stuff. So yeah, 
I, I think we've all kind of gone on a soapbox there yeah, <laughs> to go back with you, Jason. <laughs> okay. Back to, going back to problems. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> what, are the, what are the things that, that doing problem management does from a troubleshooting perspective, though, is gives you the opportunity to do one of those things that's really uh, can be difficult. And that is gather enough information about the incident. So when you're relating the incidents together and looking at them from that single pane of glass, then you start to see the details that allows you to isolate, you know, more and more things so that you Mm -hmm. can do the root cause analysis. And, you know, there's a lot of incidents that come in that you just have no clue you have you you never have enough data to make the determination that this is the root cause because it happens randomly and it doesn't you know blah 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 but when you're equating them to a problem and you're doing it right then you can easily see the patterns as they're forming and figure out what is at the root of those patterns and so I think just from a troubleshooting perspective it takes it to another level yeah it does yeah. yeah so you you see the trend you can see a lot easier you can see hey it always happens on monday at 7 a.m or oh it happens every every uh every day after we patch all our windows machines mm-hmm. every every month it, it happening that kind of stuff you can start seeing some of those trends and try to figure out what's causing it that kind of stuff um you can also get you, you can also get those problems that you know you're saying to yourself this seems so random this seems so random but you get enough random you start to see a pattern always yeah absolutely it may just be that you can't see the pattern yet right well it also like Randy was saying puts it all in one location so you can see it because if uh, you if you're like most organizations, the service desk tries to save some or they tell them, hey, yeah, we're working on that and closes the, close those tickets and you never see them as a technician. So right. if they say, yeah, we're working on it and we'll put it on this problem, hey, look, there's 20 tickets that I would have never seen. Right. And look, this is the the trend or whatever. So, yep. Shines a light on them instead of uh, leaving them just out there as standalone things. Yep. Yeah. It, it also doing this whole problem management thing might, you know, upset your customers that's taking a little bit longer, but when it comes down to it, it'll make your customers a lot happier because it won't happen anymore because you've fixed the underlying issue. So it's, it's a, a win-win in the long term too. I say long term. It could take. I mean, a pro. I've, I've seen problems open and then ten minutes later close because they figured out. Oh, here's the issue, and they fixed it that quickly. Sure that exactly. So, yeah, I think that it's really instead of calling it problem management, maybe you should call it opportunity management because that's what it is. It's it's an opportunity to improve everything yep. that you're that you're running and it's not it's not like you're highlighting these are all the problems we have it's you're building a list of these are the things that we're going to take care of yep yep and uh within service now you got problem management where you can assign it the problem to a, a a person to oversee the whole thing to find it out but you also have problem tasks mm-hmm. so you can say okay we have an incident and it could be 
someone has identified that it might be part of the network or it could be part of a Windows server or whatever. So you can start assigning those problem tasks out to multiple groups and multiple people. So now you're pulling a team in to look at one issue to try to figure out what the issue is and you get more resources that way. So, um, and they could, you could prioritize it. So this, these problem tasks are our highest priority right now. We need to focus on it depending on, you know, if it's financial or, you know, coming from a healthcare side, you know, patient going to affect our patients, that kind of stuff. You know, you, you can focus a team on it now and they can have, a ticket to document their stuff and go through. So the problem management in ServiceNow is great right out of the box. There's not a whole lot you'd have to change, um, but getting that people to use it and go through the process. I think one of the key things is management buy-off and having a problem manager that can oversee and teach people how to do it is a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, but you, uh, you are that you're hitting on something that's important as well that I see people make mistakes. They don't, they don't use problem tasks. Oh yeah. Um, listen, if you've got, if you have problem, you need to start, you need to use problem tasks because problem tasks will help you organize them dramatically. You could do it without it. But it is, hey, we got this problem. I need uh, Joe Blow to look at it, and I need Susie Q to look at it and all that. Well, we're all going to work off the same problem. Well, it's not going to be in their cues, so it's not going to be on their mind. If you put a problem task to Joe Blow and Susie Q, then both of them will have a ticket in the queue that is assigned to them and right there in their face, hopefully, if they're doing their home pages and that kind of stuff, right? that they can look at and go, okay, I need to focus on this, work on it. I can log my time there. I can put my notes there. That all goes up to the problem. It just puts it right there. So they keep in mind that that's them. You know, you, you got an organization that's 400 people in the IT department that work across six states. You might, Susie Q might not be in the same building or the same state as you. So keeping something in her queue so she can see it just keeps her mind on it and that she needs to work on it. Well, and there's an accountability. point of a ticket. Yeah. And then they're accountable because their name's on it. Like you said, yeah. You can say, you know, that's been in your queue for six months. Have you looked at that at all? And she can say, hey, I've updated it 16 times asking you a question. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That, that's never happened before, ever. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but that's, that, that's how it is with any of the tickets is, you know, you do change management, you want to use change tasks because you assign those out. And that's um, problem is the same way as those. So, um, assign it to them and let them work it. I mean, that's the whole point of it. Yep. And that's awesome. Are there, any, uh, are there any quick tips or best practices that uh, we should share? Um, use it. Yeah, use it is a good one. Um, <laughs> have, a, have a defined process that everybody's going to use. Um, don't make it so minute that it doesn't work for the whole organization. Um, so don't say, Hey, you know, 
work it out in a silo where it's always going to work as if you're a server admin, but if you're an application analyst, you're not going to fill in the same stuff. So make it so it's a, a, a workflow that encompasses everything. As um, close to out of the box. This is yes. One the, this is one of the modules that I personally think it is should stay virtually the way it is with minimal configuration. I works really well. Think when I've deployed it, I've always stayed pretty close to out of the box. It's the getting the people and the workflow outside. I mean, the actual, not the workflow within service. Now the actual people and their process and workflow outside of the tool working correctly. Yeah. You, there's more, more out there that needs to be done education wise and all than in the tool. The tool is just there to log the data for them. So yes, it pretty much out of the box. There are a few things that you might want to do. Like, when you close the problem, you might not want it to close the instance. So you can do something there. But um, or um, one of the things that my last implementation was is when they put a workflow in there. I think out of the box, you have to tell it to send that work or that workaround. Sorry, when you put a workaround in there, you have to tell it to update the instance. They wanted it. When you put the workflow in there, it automatically opened, updated the incidents and notified the technicians. So, you know, there's some of those automations that you can put in there. But, uh, yeah, field-wise and workflow-wise, it's usually out of the box. So um, just, you know, keep it like that. Um, just start using it. It's simple. I would say focus on getting workarounds out. Um, focus on putting some knowledge articles out, but just because you write a knowledge article is not the solution. Focus. I mean, you got to do your root cause analysis. Yeah. That's, that's a key for me is you need somebody that can understand troubleshooting and root cause analysis. And I will tell you that is a skill that is, is not, not often, um, really focused on, but no. But that's where your problem manager should come in because if they're handing off a problem to somebody and they don't have a clue on how to do it, the problem manager should be able to educate them and say, okay, let's look at these and try and kind of not really hold their hand, but help guide them in the directions they need to do for problem management and root cause analysis and all. Um, they shouldn't have to do that every single time, but, a problem manager needs to know how to do it so they can teach others. Yeah. I mean, in, in lunch and learns and here's how you problem solve. Here's how you troubleshoot. Yep. If you don't have that part in your organization where you're helping each other learn to be better. Um, that is something that if you're a leader in, in this, you need to start helping your, your teams in that way by creating and fostering that uh, that relationships between each other to say, okay, let's have a lunch and learn on, uh, on, on troubleshooting in service now, you know, yep. uh, or troubleshooting network gear or whatever, but you just need to have those kind of, um, those kind of systems in place to better your employees to do, be able to do some of this as well. Yep. Uh, Problem manager, when you first implement problem, they will probably be kind of busy when they first start putting in all these problems. But once you get it going, like 
unlike some of the other processes, the problem manager won't have to do as much when it moves on because they won't have to do is all the education or anything. They'll be, okay, you have a problem. Let me know whenever you need help or you need some communications done or whatever. So they can hand them off a little bit more. Unlike change manager, that's almost a full-time job everywhere. Yeah, Problem manager won't be a full-time job all the time. Yeah. So, Exactly. And, and if you, you know, I've seen them combine a couple different areas, you know, um, I've seen them combine problem and change. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't either. One thing that, that never turns out well, just kind of. a. <laughs> I'm kind of a true believer that almost every pro ma management process needs to have their own owner and their own manager. Yeah, but that's just me, and not every organization can do that. So, not every organization has it. And if you're going to combine them, make sure you're combining the right ones. Yeah, um, and 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 changing problem is not it, but um, that tends to be for some reason the where they want to go to. Right? Um, I've seen that. I I think incident and problem probably would go better. It would. Yeah, it, it would be. I would hate to be that person. Because there'll be a lot to it, but it they fit better than change and problem. Yeah. I mean, problems usually, you know, once you get there, trigger a change to fix the do the fix, but it, they don't relate any other way. So, exactly, exactly. Man, I love it. This is great conversations. I love that we can really dive into this stuff and, and look at the heartbeat of it. Um, and Randy, it's always wonderful having you here. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it is educational just being in the same room as you guys. I, mean, I promise you that. So, but, uh, but thank, thank you, every one of you, for joining. Thank you for being a part of this. Again, make sure and uh, send us a message. Let us know that, you know, you want to know more about whatever. And we will, um, we, we will actually uh, respond to that. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to get uh, people saying, hey, we want to hear more about, you know, change management or where have you seen this process used or whatever. Or if they have questions about stuff, that'd be great to get that kind of stuff and we could answer them. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is we're, we're looking at a couple of different options as well, uh, both a video and some, some live streaming stuff as well. So if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to see or hear in that way, um, please send us a message as well. Uh, and um, I would personally love to hear from you. If you're in Singapore or Indonesia or uh, in uh, New Zealand, send me a message. I'd like to hear from you. I'm, I'm going to be traveling to those countries and uh, would like to say hi to some people. So, um, and would love to maybe even get you involved in one of our podcasts. So please send me a message, uh, holler at me, and uh, I look forward to, to talking to you. All right. All right. Well, it's been nice talking with you guys. All right. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
thank you once again for listening to Service Sharp. This podcast is not associated or affiliated with ServiceNow in any way. The opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts of the podcast. Thank you and have a great one.